everyone, welcome to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and here we share stories from women around the world to inspire, educate, and encourage young girls and women to dream without limitations. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Debbie Debonair, and she is an emotional resilience coach. So I'm so excited to dig a little bit deeper and get to know more about her craft, how she's created her success, and how she's helping others find theirs as well. So hi, Debbie. How are you doing today? Hi, Maya. I'm absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for giving me this time to be um, with you today. Thank you. Thank you. I am elated to be in your presence and learn so much more about your story. So I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Let them know a little bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, no problem. So I'm Debbie Debonair. I am the founder of the Heart Act Approach and I guide women to take back their control so that they can live life on their own terms. And I do that through um, the marriage of holistic strategies um, and the essence and inspiration of the theatrical world because everybody's life is their stage you know we all write our own scripts uh, we often have to rewrite it if we've gone in the wrong direction and we need to mm -hmm. kind of go from maybe stage right to stage left and right uh, you know, <laughs> all the people that we bring into our lives or the characters that we allow into our life. So this is how the, the, the two marry together. I love it. I love it. I'm all for women taking control over their life and getting their power, recognizing their values. So oh, let's absolutely. jump right into it. Yes, let's jump right into it. So let's get started. How did you start the Heart Act? What is your driving force behind this business of yours? Okay, the, the driving force is, um, to tell you a little bit about myself, I am the conqueror of clinical depression and the failure of three attempts at suicide. It happened way back when I was eight, eight years old. I was physically bullied from the age of eight to 16. At the same time, mm -hmm. I was mentally bullied while I was at home. Mm -hmm. And that then kind of overflowed into my married life. I was actually married for 22 years before it fell apart. Mm -hmm. And through that, um, and the, I had the best, actually the best thing that came out of my marriage was my son. Um, mm -hmm. And all the time I was going through um, the clinical depression, had no support. Um, I felt on rock bottom. I was made to feel that I wasn't a very good mum, that my son would be better off without me. And that mm -hmm. kind of spiraled into me um, trying to, to leave this world. Mm -hmm. And I then had what I call my oh shit moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that actually happened at around about 2 a.m. in the morning. I mm -hmm. woke up fully clothed on top of the bed. My ex-husband was gone by this time. Mm -hmm. And I had hold of the neck of an empty red wine bottle my eight-year-old son was asleep next door and mm. I it, thinking about it now I could be sick the thought mm. that my little boy could actually come in and find me in that disheveled state on top of the bed fully clothed clasping an empty red wine bottle mm. and I can't really explain what happened next um whether it was a vision, an apparition, 
a dream, whatever you want to call it. But my son's face was here, right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And the look in that little boy's eyes, the tears coming down his face, I can still see it. I mean, he's 28 now, but I can still see it now. Mm -hmm. And just the look in his eyes, the tears coming down his face, I just realized that this little boy needed his mummy and mm -hmm. I needed to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so I okay. stepped up and I actually came out of clinical depression, did a lot of work on myself because this little boy needed me. He needed a mum who was going to be strong. I wasn't the toxic person I was made to believe in his life and he did need me. So mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time, um, mindset work, um, self-development work, a, a lot of um, thought changing. Um, I do a lot of work from my heart, hence why the Heart Act came into, into play. Mm -hmm. And when I came out of the other side, I then managed to create a much better life for me, my little boy. I, mm -hmm. um, I managed to gain a first class honours degree at the age of 47. That's awesome. Yeah, I walked the Inca Trail and raised £3,500 for a children's disability charity. Mm -hmm. um, but all the time... It was my son that was encouraging me all of, all of the time. And then I realized that actually I did have a purpose on this earth. And that purpose was to share my story with other women so that they could see that there, was, there is a way forward. You do not have to stay in, I call it victimhood mode. I lived victimhood mode for most of my life. And, mm. you know, I now guide, inspire, and empower other women to show them the way to move away from that victimhood mentality, getting stuck in a place where they don't belong. You know, I've helped mm -hmm. women who have been um, in domestic abuse. I've helped women who have been rape victims. Um, you know, just show them that there is life after the trauma and how mm. to rebuild their life or just make different choices. And, you know, the heart act approach is how I do that, marrying those two uh, principles together. And mm. my heart act approach, my, I have kind of a tagline for want of a better word. And I always end it with choose life, choose freedom, choose you because you are the most important person in your life. And you have to look after you in order to look mm -hmm. after everybody else. Right. No, I definitely, your story is so touching. And honestly, you're truly a blessing to have gone through this and to be able to come out of it and make a positive light of it to bring other women out of that space and to be a support system for others. I mean, it's, it's truly a blessing. So. I mean, anyone who comes across your path to be able to help them is truly blessed to be in your presence. So I'm so happy that we're here today to talk about this. Um, let's say, okay, so I know, you know, we talk about business, we talk about womanhood, um, the different obstacles that we have to overcome. 
I want to talk about yourself. Like, I know that, you know, you had your aha moment um, to just say, okay, like, I have purpose in this world. Um, I don't know how far you want to dig deep. You can let me know if this is a bit too uncomfortable, but how would you say, what made you feel like, I know the bullying and things like that, but what in your mind made you feel like their words gave power over you? It was, um, it was mainly being told that, um, I was useless. I wouldn't amount to much. Um, you know, who the hell did I think I was? Um, I was actually told that, um, I don't often share this, but, um, I'll share it because I think it would help. Mm -hmm. I was told I was a mistake Mm. that I should never been born that I was actually a hole in a condom. And that was the mistake they made. Wow. And so living with that when you're only 10 years old, um, was quite difficult to comprehend, to, to Mm -hmm. understand really, because then when I was 10 years old, I was quite naive, um, Mm -hmm. on kind of what condoms and sex was to be perfectly fair. Um, you know, back then it it wasn't as, you know, as it is now. And uh, so it was really difficult to to really understand what they were saying. But then when I did understand, obviously that sent me to a place that I didn't really want to be. Mm -hmm. And um, moving kind of out, I got married when I was 19 Mm -hmm. to escape um, Mm -hmm. what I was in only to find that I kind of jumped out of the proverbial firing pan into the fire mm-hmm. and was then, you know, told that I was useless. I couldn't do anything. You know, um, I wasn't a fit mother. Um, my son would be better off without me. And it, when you are constantly bombarded with negativity and, and negative words like that, mm-hmm. you start to believe them because nothing else, nothing else, no other conversation it, mm-hmm. um, is as powerful as those conversations. Right. You know, and I, I never felt strong enough to fight back because it was always kind of really heavy to carry. So I, mm-hmm. so I used to carry myself quite low so I, I couldn't kind of stand up for myself, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of a lot of that heaviness was what drove me to the, um, the suicide attempts. Right. And the, the main one being that I needed to be out of my son's life because I was doing mm. them more harm than good. Mm. And, you know, when, when words are, are said to you like that, you think, well, you know, they must be right. Mm-hmm. Little did I know at the time how wrong they were. most definitely because you are here for a reason you're here for your purpose is greater than you and you don't even know it so um finding your strength let's talk about that I know like you know your son is your driving force how did you find how did you find the strength to you know be able to do that for him or to even be able to find the strength to build a business and constantly you know, it's a reminder, you know, helping others. It's a reminder of the things that you've gone through in your past, but finding the strength to say, you know what, this story within me 
is going to help so many other people. So I need to be strong to be able to tell that story, share that story, and help other women because I'm so sure that there are so many other girls, young girls going through the same thing that you have gone through um, in your childhood. And we don't realize how things that happen in our childhood, I mean, childhood traumas, you can be two years old and you can have something very traumatic happen to you that affects you for the rest of your life. And sometimes you don't even know it. So how did you find that strength to build this business, to create this business and to just help others with your story? I'll be perfectly honest. It wasn't easy. <laughs> and I had a lot of down times they, they, you know, mm-hmm. for a while in the beginning, the down times far out with the, the up times. Um, mm-hmm. But I just knew that be- when I survived the, or failed the, um, the third attempt, I kind of went inside myself and said, why? Why am I being saved? Why am I being, at first I said, why am I being tortured? Mm-hmm. You know, but then why, because I was doing work on myself, mm-hmm. I was realizing that what actually, I wasn't being tortured. I was being mm-hmm. saved for a purpose. Right. And it was that purpose that I locked into my mind that then got me through each up-leveling step so that I could create um, the heart act to be here for other women because I didn't have, um, I had two friends who I could go to, but not on a deep level, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was protecting them um, rather than, you know, pour all my heart and soul out to them. I was, I was. Sometimes you can't go to someone that's, that's so close to you. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw, I I started to work on on the purpose that I'd been saved because I was meant to be here to guide Mm -hmm. other women through. Those women who don't have somebody to go to for that guidance. Mm -hmm. They don't have somebody to empower them. They don't have somebody to give them the strength to get them through to the other side. Mm -hmm. And it was that purpose together with... um, just the love and devotion I have for my son, those two mm-hmm. together um, strengthened me to be able to create the heart act so that I it was here it. for, you know, every woman out there. If I can make a difference just to one woman, mm-hmm. I'll have my purpose on this work, on this worth, oops, on this earth has been worth mm-hmm. it. You know, I mean, I know I've, I have helped more than one woman um, and I'd right. like to help guide, champion, empower, inspire as many women as I possibly can to mm-hmm. get through whatever it is they need to get through. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, it's just so inspirational to hear your story. And I'm sure that it's touching so many of our listeners right now in the audience Um, I want to talk more about the heart act. I know that, you know, a lot of things through a lot of things that things that we go through in life, we need a support system. We need a support system that we know is not going to judge us, that we know is going to know and feel our pain and be able to help us through it. So how do you go about helping women who have experienced so many different traumatic experiences in their life? 
Um, I know it's not just, you know, sharing a story and being like, I got through it. You should get through it too. What, what do you do to help women in these processes? What I do, everything that I do is very, very person centered because mm -hmm. everyone deals with their trauma in their own way. You know, I've, I've had three or four women um, who were domestically abused, mm -hmm. but they coped with it all completely differently. So mm -hmm. I, I begin by um, finding out where they feel they are right at this moment. And I do something called the masquerade process. Mm -hmm. And it looks at um, how they see themselves and how they perceive other people to see them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's kind of what we start with. And then mm -hmm. I look at six areas of their life to look at what the predominant area in the life is that is holding them back. I mean, now for mm -hmm. some people, it could be all six. For some, for some women, it might only be one or two, um, mm -hmm. or it might just be one, you know? And it then helps us to focus on what is needed the most. And then kind of what happens, because, because they are very much interlinked, um, when we focus on the main one, it tends to uplift the other areas because they're very much mm -hmm. interlocked. Alongside that, I incorporate something called the nine pillars of emotional resilience. Mm -hmm. And those nine pillars um, go into each of the areas so that I can, for example, the self-management's in there, um, self-awareness is in there, optimism's in there, support's in there. So we look at each area with those elements alongside and as we do that, they open, they open up. I mm -hmm. tend not to um, ask too many questions because mm -hmm. I find that as they open up to what they want to achieve from the sessions, um, the, the kind of conversation flows. So I don't tend to have to ask a lot of questions. I just right. ask the necessary questions um, because sometimes a lot of these women, you know, they don't want to be bombarded with questions. They just right. want to see that there's a support mechanism in place that they mm -hmm. can have the strategies to work through things that mm -hmm. when they're on their own and not in the session, they know these mm -hmm. strategies work without me being there. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you know, the want those strategies to use when they look for support when they can't when they're not with me and right that's what it's really all about it's, it's going through all of those strategies um that i used myself but i have also developed over the years and created new ones um that i can use because different strategies work for different people so you need to have you know um a toolkit that you can open up um, that will be able to be used for, um, you know, more than one um, trauma or more than one woman. Um, and I have actually created something called the Emotional Resilience Toolkit, um, mm -hmm. which is actually got a lot of um, a lot of strategies in it and techniques in it. And because we marry them with the inspiration and um, 
essence of the theatre, they can see where they kind of fit in their lives as well, you know, and how they fit into those areas in their life that we, right. um, that we brought you upon. Most definitely. So I know that, you know, as a young girl, it's really hard to deal with certain situations like this. Um, if you had to tell children or young girls who are experiencing the same things that you went through as a young girl, what would you say to them? What I would say is find someone you can trust. Now that is easier said than done. Okay. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if you don't have anyone that you can trust, then that's when people like me come in, you know, because mm -hmm. like we said earlier, it's a lot easier to speak to someone who isn't that close. But if I can stress anything as hard as I possibly can, it is to reach out because that was the thing I didn't do. And mm. hence the three suicide attempts where right. had I reached out to, for help um, to mm -hmm. someone, I believe that they may have been avoided, you know, and it's, and it's knowing what I can give any young girl out there who is crying for help internally, but not physically crying. Um, Cause mm -hmm. we do tend to, you know, keep it all inside and, and cry yeah. internally, is to just reach out your hand, whether it's to me, to, a, you know, another coach or, um, you know, a friend or, you know, just, someone that the feeler can trust because trust is massive absolutely mm -hmm. massive and when you are going through um the traumas as a as a young girl you don't really know who you can trust mm -hmm. depending on what the trauma is but there, there will always be somebody there you know and, and if i'm that person then you know reach out to me you know please right. um because it's it's about finding someone who you have that rapport with. Now, you know, I've had people come to me and we've had the initial conversation and I've not been the right person for them. And I've actually mm -hmm. said, look, I'm not the right person for you for X, Y, Z reasons. However, I feel this person may be better to guide you. And that's mm -hmm. what I'll do. I'm very authentic very honest and work from the highest integrity you can imagine because of the nature of what I do and the nature of the reasons why women are coming to me. Mm -hmm. So I need to know that the service I give is of the highest quality and right. also from, from a place that serves them for them, you know, in their heart and if if I'm not the right person for them I don't I don't want to I don't want to guide them in the wrong direction so I will actually um you know um get someone else to to step in and 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 see if they're the best person for them because I think there's nothing worse than being with someone who you're just not you're not interacting with you're not gelling with mm -hmm. because that's more detrimental to them right. than anything else you know because they're in a very vulnerable state to start with mm -hmm. and they need to know that that vulnerability is safe they need to know that they're in a safe environment 
that is right. paramount, paramount for me. Yes, most definitely. I totally agree. So if you had to say one thing to young girls and women to just encourage them to dream without limitations, what would it be? I would say, like I said earlier, choose life, choose freedom, choose you and do not stop dreaming. It doesn't matter how big you think the dream is, how outrageous you think the dream is, just go for those dreams because they're there for the taking. And the only person that will stop you from achieving them is you. Love it, love it, love it. Love it. I totally agree. I enjoyed your story. I felt every bit of it. Um, I think that you are here for a reason. You have a purpose bigger than yourself that you don't even know. So I am so happy for you to be able to share it here and just spread your word around the world to girls and women to let them know that, you know what, you, you are valued. You have purpose. You have power over everything in your life. Um, I do want to give you the opportunity before we close out, if anyone wants to work with you with the Heart Act or get any of your services or just follow your journey, how can they do that? Probably the, the best two ways would be um, via my uh, website. I have two websites, but the link to the second web- website is actually on the first website. And that mm-hmm. is www.heartact.co.uk. And the other place is on Facebook. I do have a Facebook page, but I tend to do a lot on my actual profile, which is Debbie Debonair. Love it. Love it. And we'll have those links in the description below for anyone that wants that information. We thank you, Debbie, once again, for sharing your story with us here today. So excited. So touching. So powerful. Um, We thank the audience. Anyone is tuned in to listen to this episode. We thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. And once again, this is Maya Chanel, and I'll see you next time.